You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You have stumbled into Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Purple Daily, presented by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the National Football League. And we have all sorts of juicy Juicy news here on this Monday morning to react to. Or maybe it's more developing news. It's not like breaking, but it's very much developing news. It would be the orange color bar, not the red color bar, on the bottom of the Sports Center screen. Developing, which we'll get to. <laughs> what was the, uh, uh, I just went to the airport on sa- yesterday to drop off a friend. Uh, the threat level. Remember the old threat level? It's not a thing anymore, yeah. but the orange, I think even purple I think, no, was it's a color, a, wasn't it's it? It's a thing. I Dude, thought the threat level is. I think still a thing. I thought Obama towards the end. I thought they nixed it. Like now it's just like it's just suspicious activity. Like I don't think there's a color scale anymore. I, I think was that it was purple, a, like the most aggressive, or was it red? I think it was red. I think red okay. was. But yeah, I I, I, th- I found that hilarious. The whole purple, orange, red, yellow. Like I think even yellow was it once on the screen. This is like an orangish yellow here today. Mm-hmm. It's not a full on red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh, an orangish really. yellow. Here. Yeah. <laughs> And it's presented by TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL and learn more at TCL.com. So uh, we're going to get to some Daniil Hunter developments that, you know what, if you are a regular consumer of Purple Daily, you're probably not shocked this morning to learn that he will not be participating in the, and this is just an initial, like, voluntary workout kind of a thing you know it's not it's not like mandatory mini camp or training camp but this is the first thing today organized workouts and uh he will not be a part and this is just like weightlifting and stuff they're not like meetings weightlifting yeah. just it's it's um simple stuff i think they start on the field in otas next month i, I think yes. that starts in may so we'll get to the the daniel hunter news here but very interesting Jeremy Fowler on Dalvin Cook over the weekend on SportsCenter. So Jeremy Fowler, former Vikings beat writer, by the way, very plugged into Vikings things. Lead. I would call him former lead Vikings at, beat at writer the for Press. the Pioneer Press. So was he the lead at the Pioneer Press when you were the lead at the Star Tribune? Yep. Wow. Like that like that. Just Did you guys you guys yeah, make eye contact ass. or what was the what was the vibe? Was it frosty between you guys? Oh, it was ice cold. Just ice cold. No beers no, exchange. No, no. No, he's a no, he's a great guy. No, I seem to remember it was a little frostier with the guy that used to be the lead beat yes. writer before Jeremy Fowler. Yes, that guy. Fast. That was that. That was legit frosty. Fowler and I were fine. <laughs> so, so Je- I love how Jeremy Fowler goes on Sports Center. They bring him on every weekend. They put like like Schefter is the weekday guy. He's the <laughs> he's the number one, and then Fowler is like the weekend breaking news guy but but Fowler will pop up on get up on ESPN the mornings yeah. too they've he's really elevated himself I told you he's he is in my opinion he's their score north type of 
reckless speculation guy. Like yes. it feels like it feels like Schefter knows some stuff where he's like, I can't report this yet. I have to vet it out. And Fowler's like, screw that, let's go. Yep, I, I heard from a high ranking scout, <laughs> and it's going to be great fodder on sports. I this talked morning. to four people, yep. and that's enough. <laughs> so, uh, so Fowler comes in on Saturday morning Sports Center, and he says the Vikings could cut Dalvin Cook before the NFL draft. Cut, not trade, but cut. Yep. Here's the quote. I'm told all options are on the table here and that Dalvin could be released closer to the draft if things don't work out. They had talked to at least one team about a trade in the past closer to free agency, so he is certainly a name to watch. And we had heard through some other report, or maybe Judd, you had heard that there was a, maybe Doogie reported this. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Uh, but that there was an offer on the table at one point, but it wasn't, you know, you're like getting a first round pick for, okay. But they did have an offer. It sounds like Fowler is reporting the same thing. And if you tie that in with what Quasey said at the pre-draft press conference a few days back, when asked, hey, is Dalvin Cook going to be on the team? He's under contract for three more years. Is he going to be on the team? And Quasey said, quote, conversations are always ongoing with him. We're trying to be solutions-oriented and always try to put the roster together within our constraints. Uh, if I could translate, Quasi is saying, there ain't no way we're paying him $15 million a year over the next three years, so he's either going to have to come down or he's gone, most likely gone, mm-hmm. via cut or trade. So mm-hmm. what do you make of the latest Dalvin Cook steam here? Well, I think there's going to be some confusion about this because obviously they had to pay a bonus to him in March that that was uh, come due, but that's where the genius of the Cook camp was to have surgery because that became guaranteed because you can't cut a guy while he's hurt. So the bonus that, that they paid, unlike with Zadarius Smith, which actually does cause some questions about his future. I still think he's probably gone as well. But anyway, um, Dalvin got his, I think it was, what, Phil, two two million dollars two and a half two million dollars so he got that regardless because of the surgery uh basically guaranteed that so that being said that is as the kids like to say a sunk cost that's not a well we paid him and now we're going to cut him um i think they would and hell we've been talking about this for months now i think that they would like to trade him if possible as as you've suggested phil for a draft pick i also think that they might have overplayed their hand a bit with a team like the Dolphins uh, in trying to get probably too high a draft pick. And then the Dolphins went and uh, signed a couple of backs, if I'm not mistaken. The last team that Doogie brought up as a potential was the Atlanta Falcons, who I think are still trying to find some uh, veteran depth in their running back room. All of that being said, I, I would not be surprised if this ends with him being let go. There is nothing that would indicate to me from either the Vikings or Dalvin side, that the relationship is going to probably continue past this month. So real quick, on-air production meeting here. Uh, Dex, I just I remembered this from yesterday, that there's a clip from Dalvin Cook's agent circulating around from the weekend. He was on the, is it the Caps Off podcast? Okay. I just sent you like a 40-second clip to your email. We might be able to load this in. But he was talking pretty openly about Dalvin's situation and how the shoulder is doing so. We'll play that clip here in a second. Just to, It's pretty rare that an agent just goes out and talks openly about something like this. But if you were just to look at the back of the football card stats, you'd say, well, wait a second here, okay? I'm, you know, you, you've already said goodbye to Thielen and Kendricks and Delvin Tomlinson, and you are trying to win games in 2023. So 
why would you just get rid of a guy that ran for almost 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, four and a half yards of carry? He was a pro bowler, right? He's he's not 40. He's going to be 28, which in running back age is you're getting close to the age cliff there. So you can, you can make a case that, hey, you know, back of the football card stats, why are the Vikings so desperate to just be done with Dalvin Cook? But I went and dug a little deeper here. His erosion is pretty pronounced over the last two or three seasons. If you compare the 2020 version of Dalvin Cook to the 2022 version that we saw last year, and last year was the first time, I think, in his career that he's played all of the games. He played in all 17 games and the playoff game. But if you look a little deeper, just look beyond sort of the back of the football card stats, okay? Here's where he ranked in some key categories, 2020 versus 2022. Missed tackles forced. Used to be great at this. He was second in the NFL among running backs and missed tackles forced just two years ago. From second down to eighth last year. Explosive runs of 10 yards or more from second two years ago down to eighth. Okay, so still you know fringe top 10 with some of these. First downs gained. He went from second to 14th. Yards after contact per run from 10th down to 16th. Yards per attempt from 7th down to 30th since 2020. Yep. Yards per route run as a receiving running back from 11th to 41st. And PFF overall grade. Everything you do, running, pass catching, pass protection, blitz pickup, everything. He went from 3rd among running backs two years ago to 47th last year in PFF grade. So... You know, do you want do you want to roll the dice? All right, we're going to restructure your contract and see if you can get back to form, or as he just reached an age where this erosion is trending in the wrong direction. If you can get anything for him before the draft, you pull the trigger. And that's why I don't think that they can. Like, I I think they could probably get a. In fact, I think I heard this a couple of months ago. I heard that they were offered like a sixth or maybe seventh round pick, and I think they're probably trying for a fifth. And team said no. And, and you know, he is not. The problem, too, is he is not worth his contract. Um, and, you know, he is a declining player who I don't think was, if you asked O'Connell and got a truthful response, I don't think he was the Swiss Army knife that they expected. There was definitely a, there was definitely an expectation uh, during the offseason workouts that he was going to line up in different places, catch yeah. passes, which, by the way, I expected to. So I, I was unpleasantly surprised that I didn't think that he was nearly as versatile as he used to be or what they thought. And so the, uh, but the problem here is, is this, and this is where the Dalvin cook camp sort of has the Vikings in a little bit of a pickle too, is the question coming off the, the shoulder surgery, which the Vikings were asked about and were very, you know, not surprisingly vague about at their press conference before the draft last week is he has to pass a physical. So, like, you can't trade him if he can't pass a physical. And I don't know if he's he's there yet. But this is why I think there's more and more uh, trending towards he's probably just let go because there's a lot of things. But, you know, th- there's no way that the Vikings, I'm sorry, run as they currently are, are going to go into training camp with the second most money invested in running backs, which is where they stand, I think, yep. as, as we talked about, the San Francisco. So 
I mean, that for for a new age football department, that makes zero sense. And San Francisco, also sort of a new age football, although it's, it's funny because they actually have old school dudes like John Lynch. And I would say Shanahan has a little old school, new school blend to him. But, you know, a, a very pronounced analytics department in San Francisco that Quasey came from, for instance, that the only reason why they are paying running backs more than any other team is because they can. They have they have the luxury. They have a really good team. They were they were great managing their cap. Oh, and we have room for Christian McCaffrey now. Yeah. Let's hear from this is so this is Dalvin Cook's agent on a podcast over the weekend. People are starting to realize that like Dalvin averages 107 yards per game. Like he has Hall of Fame numbers, mm. but he's been in Minnesota and they've been mediocre. Yeah. And like you know, he, it's like he actually has incredible statistics. If he was in a big and, market, it'd be yeah, totally for that. But also, he's been playing with one shoulder. Like he's been purposely like, and this is part of the business. He's been purposely turning certain ways and like thinking about the fact that like he's about to get hit. The most interesting part, I, I'd say, with Dalvin right now is that I'm I'm excited to see him with fully intact. And again, like I, I mean, I uh, actually I, I this I can't talk about it yeah. just yet, but. Uh, I was going to say, as far as, yes, he has two shoulders, and he's only had one. I can't talk about it just yet. I'm excited to see. He's hinting at his client being in a new place. By the way, that's uh, Zach Hiller is the agent. Yeah. He was recently named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list. He's the CEO of <laughs> LAA Sports and Entertainment Agency. So he's one of the young whiz kid football agents, apparently. I'm sorry, uh, Zach, but it's my opinion that if you are talking about a running back who's 28, and by the way, the cliff is very hard and fast at 30, um, I don't know that the fact that he has two shoulders now that might work make me feel great because it's your legs that are, are the, the most important thing. And Dalvin, look, I mean, there is no question that as a whole, the wear and tear of the sport eats you up and spits you out see Thielen. he's a case of this um but dalvin cook okay his shoulders are good he might be a- able to break a couple more tackles now but we saw problems and and i'm not you know just talking about the statistics uh the advanced metrics you went through phil i'm talking about the eye test mm-hmm. we saw a guy last year who was not the guy not surprisingly that he previously was and the one thing i will say about adrian peterson is um, for as delusional as AP could be, he did have that sort of weird around th- 30 where he, he we predicted his demise, but he remained pretty productive. Like, I think we saw Cook have that just ordinary drop-off that usually doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that, I don't think at his position with his wear and tear that he now comes back and, I have two great shoulders, watch how fast I become. Yeah, it's you know, would it is it nice maybe to have that shoulder surgery? I don't but how much did that really hinder him? How much did you know, I know that he's like wincing a lot and he's in pain, but is he is he now going to be back to 5 5 and a half yards of carry? You know, I right. I would I would believe the uh, the age conveyor belt more than I would believe the shoulder surgery when it comes to predicting the future of Dalvin Cook. But here's the other thing on the other side of the coin for the Vikings. Alex Madison, with the contract he just signed, is in line to be the starting running back at this point. Unless Ty Chandler has an incredible offseason. And they like Ty Chandler. You know, I mean, they drafted him. They like him. He was great in college at the end. Yep. 
I don't personally think Alex Madison, and I'm going to use the word bell cow in a modern sense. Like, I don't think he's a starting running back in that sense. I know he's still pretty young. He probably has a lot of tread left on the tires. But if you start to scratch a little deeper on him, too, okay, wow, Dalvin fell to 47th in PFF grade last year. Well, Alex Madison was 40th. Boy, Dalvin really dropped off the planet in terms of being a receiving running back, right? Like a third down running back. He was, um, what was he, like 41st in yards per route run? Well, Alex Madison was dead last, 50th in yards per route run. And Alex Madison has averaged about three and a half yards a carry the last couple seasons, near dead last among running backs who've been, you know, given enough carries. So right. I'm, I'm, I like Alex Madison as kind of a mix him in guy. I'm I'm skeptical about Madison as the starting running back, and Ty Chandler has basically never played. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder. I'm I'm not using these as reasons why you should consider keeping Dalvin. If you can get a draft pick for Dalvin, I'm all for it. But I don't know that they have a surefire ready option to step in and be anywhere near as good as Dalvin was for much of his career. And I don't think that in today's football with a modern play caller like KOC, I don't think that you need a sure thing. Like, I don't think, because we, we have become, you know, conditioned through uh, a guy like Peterson to, to use your term, think of a, you know, a bell cow, a guy that starts and plays a ton, you know, and, and there was a time when that was incredibly important, but you know, the chiefs drafted Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers in the seventh round. And right now it's beautiful because they're going to use him up in a couple of years, three years. They're going to pound. He's going to pound the rock occasionally. He's going to get beat up. He's going to catch some passes. And then they will move on. Like, the sport's really brutal, but the reality is there are certain spots that are recyclable positions, and and the nuance of those positions have changed. Like, as kids, you know, as, as a kid, there was nothing more important than a running back that could do his job and carry the ball you know, and if you rush for a thousand yards, you were fantastic, and everything ha- has changed there. This comes back to what we have talked about, which is I trust O'Connell from a scheming play calling standpoint to know exactly what he wants, and I don't think it has to rely on what we have thought previously. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Boy, we have some major breaking news here. Declan just texted us. <laughs> And we'll get to the Daniil Hunter conversation here and a really interesting mock draft as well. But we have a new highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League. Jalen Hurts has signed a five-year, $255 million contract extension that makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history, sources tell NFL Network. It's $179.3 million in guarantees and a no-trade clause. So if my math is right, he's going to average $51 million a year, which puts him just above Aaron Rodgers' $50.2 million a year. And uh, the total guarantees of $179.3 million slot in as the second most guaranteed money ever given to a quarterback. Still still $50 million behind Deshaun Watson's outlier contract from last year. But ahead of Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, etc. So Jalen Hurts, man, hell of a season for him. He gets paid. Now they do have some flexibility. It's a five-year contract. They'll be able to move a little bit of money around. But um, oof. And this is why, kids, 
This is why you always, if you have a question about a quarterback who you like, you try to get to the end of the first round and take that guy. Because this was a four-year contract. Like, if you had the fifth year, you can toy with things way more. Like, this is this is why you see teams try and slide back in at the end. Because, you know what hurts? Okay, he's not a top, or he, he, he would be now. He was not a top 10 pick at the time. But, you know, if you like him and you're like, I really like this guy. This is why teams will take a guy. Hendon Hooker is a potential example near the end of the first round just to have the fifth-year option so you don't have to pull the trigger on this contract any sooner than possible. And it's genius on his camp because now he's ahead of Burrow, Herbert. He basically sets the market here. Like They, they were wise like to it. not wait this out because obviously look, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson too, by the way, they're all they're all still in the market for their next contract. So Hertz laid the floor, right? Like this is the floor. And I've got to imagine a guy like Joe Burrow's gonna get more. Justin Herbert's probably gonna get the same, if not more. Like it was pretty genius by Hertz's camp to say, All right, let's get a new contract now. Let's not wait a little bit. And and now he's gonna get paid, man. He's a good QB, but yeah, that's that's a lot of dope. Or maybe if you would have waited, he would have gotten more than Burrow. Because I feel like every new quarterback that's up for a contract, whether it's Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford or Kirk Kirk Cousins back in the day, you know, five years ago, it's like if you're a starting quarterback who's pretty good, and Jalen Hurts is better than pretty good, you become the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL because the the inflation train does not stop moving. The cap goes up like eight, nine, ten million dollars every single year. So there you go. You have a new highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League. It'll be a little harder for the Eagles to keep, and, and you've already seen this, like the Eagles have lost players to, to other teams in free agency. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you have to plan for paying one guy that much money. But uh, maybe he does fit in the category with the Burroughs and with the Patrick Mahomes of just, is he good enough to where you just pay him and he can carry your franchise? I don't know that he's there yet, and that's to Judd's point. And for the audience, sometimes I think we – we speed past some of these things that we feel like are common knowledge among us because we've covered the NFL for so long. But for those that don't know, a first-round draft pick in the NFL gets a five-year contract. Everybody else gets a four-year contract or second-round picks, you know, four-year contract. So Jalen Hurts, because he was a second-round pick, the Eagles had to make a decision on his future a year earlier than they may have. You know, they could have kind of dragged it out. They could have dragged it out here. They could have franchised him if they wanted to, but then yeah. that creates bad feelings right. and whatever. Like, he brought him to a Super Bowl. Yep. So um, that's why teams do reach, and that's why, like, Hendon Hooker's not a first-rounder. Well, if you think he's a second-rounder, you, might as, well, he, you yeah. might as well take him in the first round so you can get the fifth year of value if you hit on him, right? Yep. So, um, all right, let's get to the Daniil Hunter stuff here in uh, just a moment. But let's say hi to, I guess it's not a new sponsor, but it's a returning sponsor here in Aquaside, Declan. Yes, yes, Aquaside. Our friends are back at Purple Deal. You're looking at a look at Shell Lake, Wisconsin. Here, this is a, this is what you do. You don't buy a cabin. You marry into the family cabin. That's what I did. Uh, and as uh, the audio rolls over my audio as I play that, that was beautiful Shell Lake. Okay, <laughs> so wow, we just went to like was, one of those YouTube uh, Zen meditation yeah. commercials. Yeah. Um, I was saying how you don't buy a cabin, you marry into the family cabin. That's what the old Dex tweets did, okay? And that was Shell Lake in Wisconsin as Judd. Yeah, I was same thing on the dock, just right there, peacefully meditating, thinking about the Vikings next cut. That's an Aquaside Lake, and Aquaside pellets are a safe, reliable product located right here in the Twin Cities in White Bear Lake. You can go to Aquaside.com to buy these and get ready for lake season, right? We had some tease weather last week of 80 degrees. 
But as you get that lake ready, as spring starts to warm up a little bit and you get the itch to get up to the cabin, you get that dock in, you realize, oh, there's so much algae and weed under here. Go check out Aquaside.com to take care of that. Go to Aquaside.com. And a quick thank you to Dennis Kirk as well for supporting us here on Purple Daily. It's been a long winter, and we even had some more snow yesterday, just inexplicably. But riding season was here last week. It'll be here again later this week. Whatever you ride, Harley, India, Metro Cruiser, Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more and wait less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over $89. And if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. And one more shout-out here before we talk, uh, Daniil Hunter, to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping businesses. And uh, they're working with a lot of new, younger business owners as well. So if your business, first couple things, if you're transitioning ownership maybe, maybe you are inheriting a business or taking over a business from your parents, your dad, your mom, your family, um, check out federatedinsurance.com. See if your business fits in with the the categories that they help the most. Federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. So... Uh, this morning, Jeremy Fowler on our roll here with breaking Vikings news. So he tweets, and if you've been consuming Purple Daily over the last several months, you are not surprised by this on this Monday morning. Okay? This is not shocking news to you. We try to foreshadow things before they happen. We try to present things to you that Those are on things the things will never happen. Happy. You guys are being doom and gloom with the Neil Hunter. Yeah. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolged? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So here's what's happening. Daniil Hunter is not expected to attend the start of the Vikings voluntary offseason program, according to sources. The absence is likely due to his contract. He's set to make $4.9 million in the last year of his deal, well below market for a three-time Pro Bowler. So his cap hit is like $16 million or something for the Vikings. But again, as we explain on this show, cap hit and money paid to a player don't always align. In fact, they rarely align because Not what close. teams will do is they'll, you, you can, through different mechanisms, you can separate the accounting of a contract however you want to with the actual money that the player makes. So the Vikings are on the hook on their books for like 15, I don't have it in front of me, for like 15 or 16 million, which is also sort of like under the market rate for what a top 10 edge rusher would make. All Daniil cares about is what's being put in his bank account this year, right? As a 28, 29-year-old guy coming off injuries. He hasn't made the money that other top edge rushers have made because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. So a $4.9 million base, if you if you just rank edge rushers based on average annual salary, he'd be like 30th or something in the NFL at $4.9 million. So he's saying, listen, I can... I can feed my friends and family, but I'm not playing for $4.9 million when the top edge rushers are all making $20, $25, $28 million. Mm -hmm. So how do you think this plays out throughout the summer? You know, he's not like making a huge stink about it, but this is the first moment of tension between the Vikings and Daniil Hunter 
for like the third straight offseason, but this is the first moment of tension this offseason today. So that this is at least the first time it's become public. Like we've been speculating, and I'm sure they've been going back and forth in some way, shape, or form um, behind closed doors about this for a while. Um, if you would like to read more about this, by the way, there was a very enterprising columnist at VikingsWire.com who sat down yesterday and laid this out, not even knowing this was coming. I mean, you talk about foreshadowing, but here's where we can now put the pieces of the puzzle officially together. I think there was questions, rightfully so, uh, when Zadarius Smith uh, basically asked the Vikings for his release what now a couple months ago month and a half ago Mm -hmm. and then and then went on social media and said his goodbyes and the vikings were like not so fast and then the vikings paid him a uh five million dollar guarantee in march and people were like well that's weird he wants out and they're paying that i think we now have our answer the answer is this one of them's gone but it might not be z um originally i thought and i think their preference is that I think Brian Flores, as Doogie has reported, is very excited about the potential of probably working with Daniil Hunter more than Zadarius Smith. Uh, But you know what? The Vikings are in flux here, and and there's changes coming. And when they basically called and and did a good job from a team standpoint, Harrison Smith's bluff. And they said, you are taking a pay cut. And so the question now is, are they going to sign Daniil Hunter to a multi-year contract uh, that's going to be for what what he wants right now in average annual salary, which again, Phil, to what you're saying, does not tell us how, how much Hunter or Zadarius are going to get in 2023. But right now, among edge rushers, just in what they average, they are 16th and 17th respectively in the National Football League. Daniil Hunter has been down at that list for a long time and probably shouldn't be. Um, in 2021, we had this exact same problem. At that point in time, Daniil wanted more money immediately. So, like, he basically, he he wanted money up front. He said, I need more. Um, right before the mandatory minicamp, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been late May of 2021, they agreed. They restructured his contract, but they actually didn't tear up the contract. Mm-hmm. The genius of cap guru Rob Brzezinski. Now it's time for a new contract. I think we now know that this is going to come down to Zadarius Smith or Daniil Hunter get a new contract. One of them does, but Daniil Hunter remains a valuable trade chip. There is more intrigue to come here. It's so interesting because Zadarius is sort of beyond the age where you would reliably pay multiple years of top dollar to an edge rusher. And we saw it in the second half of the season. You could say, well, it's a bone bruise. It happens in the NFL. Yeah, but it like, kind of derailed the last eight games for him and and he's not going to get younger here and even though Hunter got almost back to form I think if you put him with the right defensive coordinator who plays to his strengths as much as possible I think he's you know back to full form but he turns 29 years old in like week four and they that may not seem super old but if you look at the, the career trajectory and the performance of top edge rushers in the NFL once they hit 29 30 their best days are behind them usually. It doesn't mean they can't be productive into their 30s, but the Vikings have to decide, going back to the Dalvin thing for a second, the average age of the players the Vikings have said goodbye to is like 30 or 31 years old, right? When you take the group of Thielen and Eric Kendricks and Dalvin Tomlinson, these guys, they've they've said goodbye to like dudes who are, so let's say average age like 
31 years old of those guys. And the average age of the players you've signed, at least the key ones, is like 26. Well, Daniil Hunter, are you going to give a multi-year contract for $20, $25 million a year to a guy coming off missing almost two full seasons of injury and a guy who's going to be 29 years old in October? Listen, I want Daniil Hunter on the Vikings for the next couple of years because I'd love to see him play in Brian Flores' system. But if, if he's going to play hardball and the Vikings don't feel comfortable getting into like $20, $25 million for a 30-year-old, a 31-year-old on a three-year deal, they may have to explore trading him. Yeah. It's going to be super interesting to see. But does that then mean that they give a year or two of top dollar to Zadarius Smith, who's even older? Is there a chance they could say goodbye to both those guys? I mean, this is going to be really fascinating. I think with I think Zadarius wants a new contract. My guess is he doesn't need a new multi-year contract. Like you, you could probably get him for one or two years, and he, he would sign. I would much prefer Hunter. Make no mistake. But here's where the Vikings also and and it's still Brzezinski doing the contracts. But I mean, it's you know, it's a new GM, it's a new coach. Here's where the Vikings might tell. Daniil, thanks, but no thanks. So in 2021, they redid his contract, restructured it, and gave him more cash up front. Keep in mind that in March of 2022, if you recall, you guys, they had a big decision to make because the restructure of that contract called for an $18 million bonus in March of 22. And there was some thought the Vikings might might cut him. What are they going to do? They decided at the end of the day to pay that. There's a fighting chance that they're going to tell him, dude, we have bent over backwards. Like we've gotten you your cash up front. We've done this. We've done that. You can't keep coming back with your handout on this contract. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just saying that that's a possibility, especially to what you're talking about, where Quasi might say, we don't really want to continue to pay guys near 30 years old. So there is a case to be made that the Vikings have done everything Daniil's asked. And at some point in time, there's a breaking point there. Yeah. I think he would say, thanks for the $18 million, but okay. I'm, st- I'm still one of the best edge rushers just cause, just cause you guys did me a salad and gave me some cash up front a year ago or whatever. doesn't mean I'm going to play for $4.9 million in 2023. Yeah. I agree which, with you. I'm which I, if you're him too, like some of these guys, I, sometimes I think, like my dad used to complain all the time about the money these athletes make, right? Okay, but the owners are all multi-billionaires. It's a league that brings in like 10 to $15 billion in revenue every single year. They have negotiated. The players get X amount of this. Mm-hmm. And so all Daniil is doing is working within the I, – I will always defend a guy like Daniil Hunter for wanting more money here. Now I might say at the end of the day, great, go get your money, but it doesn't make fiscal sense for the Vikings to do it. But I am uh, I support Neil Hunter on this one. He he might only have a year or two left to make generational money doing something that he's elite at. I know and that, uh, he should. I know it makes uh-huh. sense not to commit to the guys over thirty. You know, and Zadarius Smith, whatnot, is older than Neil Hunter. Um, wouldn't it make more sense though to trade Neil now with his value still being higher? And I know it's easier said than done, but locking in Zadarius Smith to like just a two year extension. If you're going to get more capital back for Daniil, you still have a solid pass rusher in Zadarius Smith, and you saw in the first half of the season he was legitimately one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just from like a stock building and quasi background and whatnot, wouldn't it make more sense to 
trade your chip that can bring you more back and then sh- and then shortly commit to Zadarius Smith? Like, wouldn't that be the path that makes the most sense from their side? I mean, yeah, I could. Yeah, I think I, it's hard because who's the better player I, for, from now until like the end of 2024? To me, it's Daniel Hunter, even though he's missed just as many games, if not more, as as Zedarius. They're both injury risks at this point. They've both missed huge chunks of seasons. But I would I would bet on Daniel Hunter being the better player. But to your point, the Vikings have barely any draft picks the next couple of years. They have like right. 10 combined draft picks. So it, it's a really hard decision. But now Marcus Davenport is another wild card here too. They really like him. He's like 25, 26 years old. His pressure numbers don't match the sack numbers, but they may feel like, hey, he's going to bounce back in the sack department. He's going to be top 10, top 15 in pressures. So we really only need one of these guys anyways. Which one of them wants to take on the contract that that is more Vikings friendly? But right. the fact that Zadarius already said goodbye and that he's out and that like he doesn't want to play here anymore, it just makes it. If, if Zadarius had been quiet the whole time, I think it would lend more credence to what Declan's saying that, oh, yeah, Zadarius is just kind of chilling. And they'll probably just play out the last two years of his contract, maybe alter it a little bit. But he already said goodbye and that he doesn't want to be here anymore. I, I think with the direction that Quazy is taking this thing, what Declan says d- does make a ton of sense, though, because the reality is this. Dalvin Cook and Zadarius Smith, you're going to be lucky to get a draft pick, like a late-round draft pick. It, it's just very, very clear. Um, Daniil Hunter could land you a few. Daniil Hunter also could be put in a package, let's say, to a, a team that um, like the Cardinals in, in a potential trade. So I just, I think that there is more, I feel like this group now, as, as it becomes not super clear, but it's becoming a little bit more clear strategically what Quazy and the front office's goals are. I feel like there is a, a, um, a red marker and a line drawn on guys as far as age productivity. And I think what we're going to see, and I love this. It, I don't think fans are going to enjoy this as much as me, but I think we're starting to see just a real um, decisions made that have nothing to do with people and have to do with age and productivity. Um, that doesn't mean that they're trying to bring in bad guys. It does mean that they're like the Kirk thing is really telling. Like they are, unless there is some type of plan we don't know about to re up Kirk, which I don't see, when you are taking a quarterback who is. Very solid. Like, I think we all would agree in a borderline top 10 guy, right? And they're making it very clear, no, it's time to look elsewhere. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, largely based on age. Nobody nobody in that older group, when Thielen is gone, when Harrison Smith is basically told, you know, you are taking a new contract on our terms or you're gone. I think that there is really be a premium put on we can't continue to value people just because the Wilfs like them. We need to v- value productivity, age, and contracts. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is this is shifting. This is definitely shifting, and I can't say that I find it to be objectionable. Interesting mock from The Athletic this morning. I want a mock! mock! A seven-rounder from The Athletic this morning. Ooh. We're going to go through all 265 picks right here, right now. No. Hey Stella, get my pillow. No, we're not gonna. Oh. We're not gonna do that. Um, in this mock draft, this I want a mock session presented by our friends at Livia, Judd Zilgad. Yes, indeed. In, in fact, I got a note yesterday from a a, uh, a PD 
viewer slash listener named Steve. And Steve sent me a note um, a few months back to ask about this program, to ask about the weight loss and my experience, and should he try it? And I said, absolutely. Steve, if it can work for me, it can work for you. Well, I I got a note from him on Saturday that said he is now down 26.2 pounds in nine weeks, well on his way to his goal. It's working. Livia works. Not only does it work, but have I got a spring into summer offer for you unveiled today for the first time your first three months free your first three months of weight loss of becoming the new fit you for summer are free 855 go l-i-v-e-a livia.com l-i-v-e-a.com be like me be like steve be like so many people in the pd family who have tried this and it's worked livia.com is your ticket to a fit summer all right boys we have a seven-round mock from the Athletics' Dane Brugler. Oh, yeah. I've heard mm-hmm. Dane. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar okay. with Dane's work. I've read is that, Dane. Is that good or bad? Oh, it's good. It's okay. Good. All right, Dane Brugler from the Athletic. He, so I'll just I'll summarize. He's got uh, all four quarterbacks going in the first 11 picks. I didn't see where he has Hendon Hooker, not to the Vikings. But I'm going to give you the Vikings' first four picks. He. He said, hey, I just did 260 picks here. I didn't do trades. Give me a break. I did 260 picks. So he, he didn't do trades. Uh, but I'm going to give you the Vikings' first four picks in this mock. At number 23, cornerback from Maryland, Deontay Banks. He was a very commonly mocked player to the Vikings early in the offseason. And now uh, he's back here. The Vikings are expecting big things from second-year corners Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans, but they still might need to address the position again in the first round. Banks has the size and movement skills to match up with any kind of receiver on the outside. Okay. Okay. Any thoughts on back to the cornerback train here? I don't see it happening. At pick 87, the Minnesota Vikings select wide receiver from Houston, Nathaniel Tank Dell. Tank. So Tank Dell, this is interesting. He's five foot eight, 165 pounds. But he caught 109 passes for 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns at Houston last year. Okay. Here's the write up Dell is built like my son's toy tank, but good luck to any defender trying to get his hands on him and stay connected in coverage. Dell would be an immediate part of the Vikings receiving and return rotations and he'd help keep attention away from Justin Jefferson. So what's interesting is because of his diminutive size, 5'8", 165, and he didn't run a blazing 40, he has one of the worst relative athletic scores of any first or second day projected wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But obviously his tape pops because he just knows how to catch passes, gain yards, and score touchdowns. So do do you believe the measurables, or do you believe the productivity would be the question for a guy like Tank Dell? Um, that is really, really small. Um, Ty- Tyree Kill, 5'10". I just checked that, that out. Uh, I'm looking at Dante Hall, the former chief oh, yeah. who was a, who was a returner. And here's the comp, 5'8", 187. Great return guy. Dante Hall is a stud return guy. So Tank needs to gain about 20 pounds to, to get to that. Uh, yeah, anything in the 160s. Like, if we're talking Declan's weight, I, it scares me off. Yeah. I don't play football for a reason. So, yeah, I, I would highly recommend not taking those guys either. 
interesting. Let's hear the kicker. fact that the guy, the guys had a couple of huge seasons. You know, some guys are just yeah, but that's if you col- put 15, that, that 20 can, pounds on. That can be college. I, I mean, he might be a return type of specialist type of guy. I don't know, but mm. I'm just saying. You know, I don't know the run and gun college stuff. It does work. It's coming into vogue more and more. I think in the uh, pros, but that's so small. At the 119, the Vikings select Alabama linebacker Henry To'o To'o. And at the 158, this is the interesting one. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings select, out of the University of Stanford, quarterback Tanner McKee. Hmm. You know what's funny about that? Um, I, I actually w- w- was asked by, by my friends at Vikings Wire to give a prediction on a surprise pick, and I picked the same thing, Tanner McKee. Uh if you read up on him, it makes some sense. It makes some sense. Smart guy can learn. Um, he's, he's also like, he's like Kevin O'Connell, basically. Well, yeah, and he's also a guy again. Although O'Connell was bu- more mobile, I think. Yeah, but I mean, if he busts, he busts. Like these are the type of guys that I would have no problem taking chances on. And we've talked about this. These are the type of guys that it felt like the Spielman era drafts would never like take. Right? Like, oh, we can't do that. Until yeah. they took Mond, which, of course, was a complete bust. But at least they tried. So Tanner McKee actually, I think, makes a ton of sense as far as a potential project. If he de- if he develops behind Kirk, awesome. If he doesn't, you continue to spin the wheel. You know, I think what's – and we can never really go back and do this, but Tanner McKee was recruited and offered by almost every big college football program in the country out of high school. He literally had offers from Florida, Auburn, Notre Dame, Florida State, Tennessee, USC, Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Georgia, wow. UCLA, Utah, Purdue, all made offers on this dude coming out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. He chose Stanford. The cupboards are pretty bare at Stanford these days. They're winning like three games a year. They yeah. just don't have the NFL talent that we've seen in years past. There's not a lot to, to work with at Stanford. And so his numbers and productivity in college are just really not that eye-popping. But if, you know, cause again, Alabama offered him. If you were to plug him into Alabama's juggernaut Ferrari the last few <laughs> years, like Mac Jones as a junior at Alabama, because he's throwing to NFL wide receivers, handing off to NFL running backs, playing behind NFL offensive linemen, NFL defense on the other side to give you a cushion, right? So Mac Jones gets to complete 77% of his passes, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions. He looks great because he's surrounded by the best players in college football. Right. If you were to put Tanner McKee at Georgia, at Tennessee, at Alabama, what does his draft stock look like? Does he does he rise up into the first round like Mac Jones? Maybe he's overdrafted, right? So I think another thing to know, too, he's six foot six, two thirty. He's got oh. like big Ben Roethlisberger size. Not very How mobile. big are the mitts? How big are the mitts? I'll get that for you. Let's see here. Talk to me about the hand size. Tanner McKee hand size. Let's see no, here. Nothing as important as hand size to me. Nine and three eighths inches. Those are big enough hands, right? You don't want those hands under nine inches. It could be a problem. Yep. Get those tiny Burger King I hands. Like the, yeah. <laughs> yes. No Dante but hands because of his. So he's not the most agile guy, but because of his yeah. size, just six foot six, two thirty, he had the fourth best relative athletic score of any quarterback at the combine. So, oh, it, it's an interesting one. Obviously, like the later you get in the draft, 
the less likely it is that these dudes pan out to be above-average multi-year starters. But there are definitely worse infrastructures than what the Vikings have with Justin Jefferson, Kevin O'Connell, TJ Hawkinson, a couple franchise tackles. Right. Well, and plus, you can't be scared to take them. Like, that's the thing is, a lot of them aren't going to work, but because it's the most important position in sports, there has to come a time where you basically say, I have the confidence to think that one in four, one in five will hit on pretty well. You know, it can't be like, oh, my God, Kellen Mond didn't work. I will never draft a quarterback in the third round for the rest of my life. You can't do that. Yep. Yep. So there you go. There's your seven round. Yeah, there's a, there's other rounds here, too. You can go check it out. Seven's too much, by the way. That's too much. It's aggressive. It, it's way too aggressive. You know what? Go back next time, dude. Do a two-round mock. Make trades. I'll be much happier. I don't need you to do seven rounds. What, like, well, if it's only a two-round mock, you wouldn't get Tanner McKee in the fourth round. And they wouldn't have been able to talk about Tanner McKee there for a few minutes. I'm just telling them, yes, selfishly, it helps us. I am saying from a standpoint of what I believe, though, that you should do, I don't think that you should do seven rounds. You know what you should do? You should uh, come hang out with us for the Surly Park Tavern Draft Party on April 27th, 6 o'clock start time, no cover charge, 7 o'clock-ish. We're going to go live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. The second annual draft party, we would love to meet as many of you as possible. So if you're going to attend, um, yeah, come on up, say hi. The Surly Draft Party at Park Tavern. Purple Daily will be there live in the flesh, and uh, we're super excited about it. So more information at scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R-North.com, including parking information. If the lot fills up, some other places you can park that are within uh, a block or two. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. super pumped. All right. Good stuff here, dudes. A lot of developing news on this Monday here on Purple Daily. Love Mondays for football. It's great, even in the offseason. We'll see you guys over on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd as well.